I don't trust. If someone says, I'm a really big Sonic fan, I think they're a sexual deviant. Welcome to Last Chance Theater. I'm Justin. And I'm Laura. This episode, we watched The Goonies. Yes, um, my first time watching The Goonies, which is probably a pretty embarrassing thing to say around most people. Did you, like, know about The Goonies before this at all, or had just, like, heard about it? Um, like, I got kind of a, I got kind of, like, offended when you're like, did you know about The Goonies? Like, I know, like, I know what you mean, but I knew about The Goonies, like, I, I, I had friends who say it's their favorite movie or one of their favorite movies and people talk about it and reference it. And, you know, I'd heard a lot of references to it over the years and, you know, it gets compared to things like stranger things and other movies like that. So, I mean, I knew about it, but it also, I didn't really know what it was about. Like I just knew it was like some kids going on an adventure and that's it. That's all I really knew. Like I like, well, I mean, like, for me, the first time that I saw The Goonies, I had only, like, briefly heard about it a little bit in high school when I first saw it. Like, it had never, like, been mentioned ever before that I recall. So, like, I had no idea what it was until I heard someone talk about it, and then I watched it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was sort of what I expected, and it was also sort of not what I expected, like... I don't know how to describe it. Like it, it's it's a really old movie. It's a year older than I am. And it definitely feels like Heather's in that. I feel like there's like fingerprints of this movie and other things I see all the time. Mm-hmm. And that can kind of drain the impact out of a um out of watching a movie. I mean, like you mentioned, like Stranger Things before, like this obviously has a lot of influence on Stranger Things. Like you've got your kids on bikes, you've got your very close knit <laughs> group of kids, you've got Sean Astin. <laughs> you said kids on bikes, but it's actually funny because somebody somebody described Stranger Things as part of the kids on bikes dra- uh, uh, genre, and like that really rings true. <laughs> and there's a lot of these sort of things out there. There's like Stand by Me, and there's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it to a degree it for part of it is um is uh very kids on bikes esque. E. T. in a way kind of is that too. A little bit. I mean maybe it's not like it's a genre, like it's funny, like maybe it's just like the eighties kids didn't have access to Well it's they're that's how kids get around, like Yeah, like you couldn't just get an Uber in the eighties and <laughs> taxis cost too much and then Also they're we, children. We, well, I mean, kids can still get Ubers. People put their kids in an Uber, but right, like, but kids what, aren't going to like call Ubers on their own. Like, just go to their friend's house. Like, that's not how that works. Yeah, it's just I think that what it is is that like we we used to primarily like make stories about families living in like the suburbs and that like that well, sort of suburb. I, I associate kids like with bikes. Like, bikes are kids' way of having some freedom. Like, as a child, like. Yeah, because that's how you can kind of explore is on your bike, and you're able to go a little further than you could just by by walking. Yeah, it just it just feels like that there was like this sort of like suburb 
aspect to a lot of movies. And it really, it goes into the 90s. There's a lot of movies in the 90s that still are centered around, like, a suburb area where there's kids on an adventure and small town, you know. Uh, small Soldiers is like that. It's it's all in that small little town area in the suburb around it. And um, I also think to some degree Jumanji is the same way. I don't know if it's a big city or not, but it just feels like that's a that's sort of like a, a large thing that happens in a lot of these kind of movies. Like the kids are just kind of traveling around their town and there's secrets there and a legend or something about something. So that's what this was. It was the same sort of thing. Um, I was very upset at some of these characters, though. Like, why were you upset? That one guy, uh, the the preppy guy was he was malicious in a way, huh? Troy. Yeah, Troy was malicious in a way that could have seriously hurt somebody. Like that stunny pull with the bike on the car. Oh yeah, because that actually happened to me, not the same way. But I was when I was a teenager. Um. I have a scar from it still, actually. When I was a teenager, a uh, friend of mine had a brand new truck, like a Ford F-150 or some, you know, big, big redneckish truck. And um, I was talking to him outside of the high school, and I climbed on the side of this truck, like on the running board, and was just standing there talking to him. And I was holding on to the inside of the door where the little handle is. And I was not on the truck because it was like me being goofy. Like the truck was literally up so high that I climbed up to get at head level with him, which if you've seen me, like I'm not a short person. Like I'm like six, three and I was like six, two back then probably. And so while I was standing on the side of the truck, he just starts driving real fast down this side road and ended up that he drove down really fast and then slowed down but, like, as he was slowing down, he got to a stop sign and hit stop really quick, and it actually threw me on the ground. So, like, that's why I'm kind of like, well, this is not a funny thing. And then I also was mad at Steph, because Steph is, Steph is just, like, weird. Steph like, is she's, really obnoxious. Like, she serves no point, she, <laughs> to be honest. Like, like, Steph, is, Steph is, like, if you had, like, some kind of, like, evil version of Barb, and she was just there and, like, making Well, yeah, because, like, all she has is she's, like, and, mean about everything to everybody. <laughs> Yeah, she's mean or she's complaining, and those are like her two things. Like she's like she, yeah, she doesn't actually glasses. contribute to anything. Glasses. Like she doesn't like she doesn't have any skills that eventually come in handy. Because like even Andy can play the piano. Like Andy can barely play the piano. <laughs> Although like, also we talk about like really <laughs> we talk about Steph losing her glasses. Yet she's still able to see in the dark. When Andy kisses uh, oh, yeah, like, baby Sean she's, Astin. Like, <laughs> she's like, I can't see, I can't see. Oh, you can see someone kissing somebody else and not to gossip about it and giggle and shit. And not tell them it's that like, they kissed the wrong person. Like, exactly. And then half your um, half your dialogue is just Velma's dialogue from Scooby-Doo episodes that happened 10 years earlier. Um, I don't know. I also don't know why Andy couldn't tell if he was kissing a small boy. Like, one of them was like almost an adult like he was I mean, a much bigger man i think that's part of like this being a kid's movie and it's got some kind of wish fulfillment of like little boys to it whereas like he gets to kiss an older girl like, he doesn't ultimately get to be with the older girl but he still gets to kiss her i i actually was saying that when the movie ended i was like if this kid and this older girl get together i'm gonna throw i don't have a dvd to throw i'm gonna throw this apple tv on the bed because it costs too much to throw it and be broken but I'm no, I, just, I think anger. this movie is just 
it's a lot of like wish fulfillment of like little kids like but especially boys in particular like yeah there's some parts where where it definitely becomes like weird suspension of disbelief wish fulfillment parts like the boat at the end coming through that cavern wall i was like this wall would not have held up to any kind of time test or test of time if this wooden rickety ass boat from a shipwreck could run into it and just break it like well i don't think the boat was the boat wasn't wrecked though it was just hidden in the cavern (laughs) But it was like an old wooden boat. It wasn't like it was like a battleship, a metal one or something. Right, but and I mean, then, it had been protected from the elements for like a hundred plus years. Like, like that was weird for me. And then like the villains like getting out of jail and there not being like a larger manhunt for them seemed weird too. Like they they get out of jail and there's like clearly like a shootout and stuff, and they get away and the cops are just like, huh, I guess you know. <laughs> Like, they didn't search any abandoned buildings. Like, they were in, like, they didn't well, look hard as these I kids mean, look for a treasure. There's a lot of dead bodies in this movie. There is a lot of dead. There's a lot of like, dead is it, bodies, Like, the movie skeletons. starts with, like, a fake suicide. Like, what the heck? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you think I'd kill myself? And I'm like, what is happening? This is dark. And then, um, there's a lot of dead bodies. There's a lot of, uh, I thought that Asian kid was going to die. Data, I was like, oh, this kid is super dead. <laughs> like, he fell in that hole, and I was like, oh, man. They just killed one of these kids. Oh, yeah. Nope, um, but he had his uh, grappling hook his, with teeth. <laughs> his Inspector Gadget jacket on. That was a weird plot point. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to feel about Data or... Like, I didn't, like... John Aston was annoying too, but he was annoying like he was annoying in a genuinely annoying child way, which is very felt precocious. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing I wrote down early is that people get knocked out so easily in movies. Like you talk about the fake suicide. When the guy's hanging up there, he like kicks the guy or hits him in the face, but he hits him in the face in a way that wouldn't even knock you on the floor. And the guy just like the guy falls back and I'm like, oh, that knocked you out? Like, you really weren't even kicked right, dude. Like, get up. Um, it's also funny to me that Pepsi super sponsored this movie. There's like two Pepsi products logos in blatant sight like 10 minutes into the movie. Well, also, you've got Chunk really, really wanting a soda. <laughs> Once they get to the dilapidated the restaurant, they're like, how? Is this open? Of course it's not open. <laughs> There's cobwebs yeah, everywhere. Like, There's holes in the yeah, floor. The, or the there's a Jeep early on, too, the, the, in the car chase. And it's funny how all the cars look old, but the Jeep looks like regular Jeeps now. Like, Jeeps look more or less the same, like the Cherokees. Like, they're rounder. That's about it. I think they look a little different. That was a very 90s Jeep to me, but... <laughs> Not, but it was an 85. Right, but I mean, like, like it's, so, it's not like a 2017 or 2018 Jeep. Oh, oh and the uh, the Rube Goldberg machine door opening thing or gate opening, that was the weirdest thing and felt unnecessary. And well, it's because it's foreshadowing. To, it didn't seem to fit even the characters that were there using it, though. Obviously, Data built it. <laughs> But I mean, it was foreshadowing like the Rube Goldberg thing in the pirate cave. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of those running around. Right, but and, it was um, it was foreshadowing like the one in particular with the the rock that like was rolling down like the bowling ball and stuff. 
Yeah. It's just, it's really funny that, like, they, they, they put that in there, and I was like, okay, this feels unnecessary, and who's going to go out there and reset that thing? Again, it's, it's stuff that kids are going to find cool. Like, that's what this, this movie is. It's, it's, what a kid's like. You know, Let's like, put it in here. Yeah, like, what a kid's like. Rube Goldberg machines, um, I don't know, other weird stuff. Yeah, it's like, kids like pirates, kids like playing cops and robbers, like, <laughs> And the the mom just like there's also a lot of frazzled moms in the eighties movies, like moms that are just like, Oh, your dad's gonna be home soon and he's gonna be mad about this. Well this one was like a particularly like sad case because like all their houses were getting foreclosed on, which is a really abstract topic for kids, I think. Like I don't think kids truly it's understand what that means. Pretty common of a plot line for eighties and nineties like kids movies. There's, like, not necessarily a house, but it's, like, oh, the children's, like, youth center is getting foreclosed right. on. Or, or that's usually, it's, it's being shut down by someone rich. But, like, this is, like, very specifically, like, foreclosure of, like, a foreclosure, whole neighborhood yeah. for a country club. Like, they went about it in a very, like, paperwork-y way, like. <laughs> yeah, like, someone delivers paperwork to the house and everything. Right, and that's where it's um, going to be, like, a very abstract thing, like, as opposed to, like. Oh, if we don't raise enough money by this time, we will have to sell. Not like, oh, we're selling tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and also, like, the time that they had, like, tomorrow, like, that seems like a very quick way for bank paperwork to work. Um, the captions, by the way, that they were, that mouth told to the uh, Hispanic lady were gold. <laughs> like, those were amazing because they're just, they're so, like, at first I thought it was a joke about him not being able to speak Spanish correctly. Which like, oh, would have made more sense because I just want to know how Mouth knows Spanish so well. <laughs> like, he's not he great knows, at it, like, but he it, knows it pretty, like, well enough to, like, mislead people. Like, it's like, now he doesn't know Spanish pretty well. He knows enough Spanish to actually, like, actively mislead someone. Like, right. to take part of a sentence and then change it to something, like, bad. And he knows, like, um, all the words for, like, cocaine and, like, drugs and, like, was, but, the, the sex room. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's my dad's sex torture room or whatever he said it was. Yeah, like, how you does know, this kid, um, like, how does he know Spanish? That's what I want to know. Like, they never really explain that. Like, he's young. Like, he's not, he's taking it in school. <laughs> a, a friend of mine um, has a daughter who's, like, 13 or so. Or she was 13 when this happened. And uh, they had an exchange student from France come stay with them who was like 16 or 17 or so. And, you know, she didn't speak very good English. And the daughter spoke French enough to speak to her and help her with things. But the dad was like just sort of looking up words on his phone or trying to remember (laughs) stuff from French when he was a kid. And so he picked her up from the airport and he was the one who brought her home. And he brings her into the house with him and he like comes in the door and he, he points at their house cat and tries to tell her the cat bites. But he used the word for eat. <laughs> and then he used the he used the sentence structure he used was more like telling her to do something, not that that thing does something. So he points at the cat and basically tells her to eat that cat. <laughs> she looks at him like, what? <laughs> and... He didn't know that she didn't understand, and so she just wanders off and goes somewhere else. And then the daughter comes home, and then she finds the story out from the other girl. It's like you told her to eat a cat, and he's like, "Oh, I did not realize that's what I was saying to her." But 
Like that's how that's how translating stuff usually goes, especially in a time when you didn't have Google to help. If you're just a kid from a Spanish class trying to do something, like I've taken Spanish class in like junior high. It is not helpful in regular conversation. Right. Telling somebody what your fucking <laughs> name is or asking what time it is all the time. Right. That's why it's, it's weird to me that like mouth is so fluent. Like and his dad isn't Hispanic. Like maybe his mom is like <laughs> just like, curious what his background is that he is fluent in Spanish to some degree. Like, he he watches a lot of telenovelas and he just learned that way. <laughs> That's that's part of his. It's, just, it's weird that he knows like certain, like very specific words, like the sexual torture stuff. Like what? Where is he picking that one up? Like <laughs> sexual torture. Oh, that was that was like my favorite part because it was. I don't know what I expected him to say, but I didn't expect it to go that route. And it's made because it's a kids' movie in the eighties, and they didn't really have like the censorship we have now. Right, but again, I think but, this is also. I really think this is aimed at like a certain like age frame for boys, like about twelve. Where like yeah, but they I, are I getting mean, like, they're like that's why there's more cursing in this. Like they say bullshit a lot. Like it's like where the, you're experimenting with some like slightly more mature subjects, but like you're still very much a kid. That that that's a very like eighties early nineties thing though. Is that whole like the kid like a bunch of like young boys and they're like cursing all the time and really like they're not cursing in an unrealistic way because like have you been around? You know, right, that's what I young mean. Boys when I was like, young, is that like we do it, and, and girls do it too. Like girls curse too. It's just it, it's not as widely seen in movies. Right, um, but I mean that's what I'm talking about. Like with this, like it's I think that's what it's just telling him. Like because it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel forced that they're saying it. It just other than that, it's a kids movie, and that's where it seems out of place. But it seems very natural that like these boys would say shit. I mean, like, like, having been a young boy and been around him, I can tell you right now that we curse a lot. And usually in the context of, like, trying to sound serious or more adult or whatever. Um, I know that I actually, like, one of the first times I can remember, like, cursing out loud, where, like, I think my parents heard me was due to video games because they they have that effect on people. Um <laughs> Yeah, like if you can't tell, like we're 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 we were talking for like an hour before we even started recording this, and this is this podcast could have very ended very easily ended up being a Persona Four podcast if we hadn't stopped ourselves, <laughs> because that's like what we've both been doing recently. So it's like the easiest subject to talk about for us. That's true. But, um, like. I'm trying to think of it. I watched another movie where that same thing was true recently. Like a bunch of kids were like, just, it was, it was, was it like, when we were watching Newsies? Oh. Cause remember there was a lot of cursing in that too. It's like 1900s cursing though. They're like, Oh, shucks. Or <laughs> I don't know. No, what they, else. Said, they said shit a couple times. They say shit. And, um, Oh, like, Oh, that's what it was I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the magicians. And my friend asked me, is your copy have cursing in it? I was like, well, you mean Netflix? Yeah, they say fuck a bunch. <laughs> I was like, they say fuck a bunch. They say, like, a few other words that I'm sure you can't say on TV. Um, and that show does a lot more than curse. There's some pretty graphic shit getting shown. Oh, but yeah. apparently, teen, uh, apparently Sci-Fi Channel beeps the, the fucks and stuff out. And I was wondering about that because I was like, Sci-Fi Channel can't play this straight. Like, it's, it's not allowed on their channel. Um, but 
it's just like it feels like before we had PG thirteen as a rating, and maybe not so maybe not on TV shows. TV shows I think have always been kind of cleaner. But before we had PG thirteen, movies and cable seemed to have been expected to just get a little buck wild and do whatever they wanted to do to a point. And um, because the Raiders of the Lost Ark and one other movie I can't remember the name of, they were kind of like, oh, we got to rein these movies in and stick some shit between PG and R because it's not working. And like, I don't know when cursing with kids movies stopped being a thing, but we don't really have it anymore. No, it's definitely, that's not something that you would see in a kids movie now. Like, parents would be throwing a shit fit. Like, There's a little bit of it in Stranger Things, I think. But that's also like, not a kids it, show. That is an adult show. It's not a kids show. film, but... It, like, it's an adult show about even, kids. <laughs> but even now, in things that feature kids, I feel like they don't curse as often as they used to, or as they really do. I think it depends on what you're watching. Um, or if they curse, it's for like a joke or effect. It's not for... It's not taken as a serious thing. Like, oh, this kid said a curse word, not because it's a, it's going to be get a Well, no, I mean, I think audience, it depends, but... like, if it's, like, a drama and you've got, like, you know, a troubled kid or something, obviously the actor's going to curse. Like, it, it depends on what it is that you're watching. Like, We need to watch more of those troubled kids movies where the kids are just like, oh, he's trouble. He's, he's, he's a bad, bad seed. Well, I mean, you see it a lot in, like, possession movies. Like, the kids will start cursing and stuff because <laughs> they're possessed. And they get, the oh. parents are usually super, like, creeped out. <laughs> and it, like, shocked. going to be shocked. discussing about your, about your weird exorcist show. <laughs> no, actually, movies. I watched a different movie last night um, called The Black Coat's Daughter. And it has Emma Roberts and uh, Kiernan Shipka from Mad Men. And at one point in the movie, Kiernan Shipka starts calling some nuns, see you next Tuesdays. And, like, <laughs> it's very like jarring because i'm used to seeing her as sally draper did you say say see you next tuesdays yeah as like a spelling out yes i've never heard that like i figured it out really quick you never heard myself honestly i've never heard that oh yeah it's pretty common that was the that was the word i was trying to reference that i'm pretty sure they said on magicians once and I was like, well, I don't want to say that out loud. That could solve, that could start a whole bunch of trouble. But. <laughs> right, but that's that's one that gets dropped a lot in like possession stuff because it's generally considered it's an so offensive. Also, so I, I feel like I feel like it's I feel like it is the most offensive curse word you can say unless you're Australian, and then it just becomes or well, Australian or Scottish. Then it just becomes a, just a, a placeholder for for one or person. But yeah, it's. <laughs> like, but it's something that, like, Kieran and Chupa, like, her character just, like, drops, like, in the middle of, like, they're having a, like, meal. <laughs> and it's, it's it's very, like, jarring. And, like, that's how you kind of are like, oh, yeah, she's, something's definitely not right with that girl. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's one of, it's weird. It's, it's one of those things that there, there definitely was, like, cleaner movies in the past. But I feel like it just, the 70s and 80s movies were a lot dirtier in some ways but also not as graphic in other ways like i think graphic stuff didn't look as real so it wasn't as serious right and then there was like less there was less sex in stuff and they're like they would be like oh there's just some boobs you know like just some loose boobs around but there's never like 80s movies are like very horny (laughs) 
Oh man, and the, but they're horny for like they're horny like twelve year old boy horny. They're not horny like real people horny. Right, like, like it's like they, they approach that kind of stuff like from a very juvenile level. Yeah, it feels so. It, it makes me feel worse than just like exploitive horniness and stuff now. Like when you watch Pretty in Pink, and there's like uh like a cut from one scene to the other, and it cuts to like some girl's breasts in the lock- locker room and it goes boing like that. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, this is not... I mean, the worst one is obviously 16 Candles is, I think, probably what you're thinking of. Has, that might be like, 16 the candles. most, like... It's got, like, Long Duck Dong and, like, that whole... Like, it's like... The whole thing is, like, a mess of... 16 Candles is, like, the worst of those movies, though, isn't it? Like, it feels the most... Oh, yeah, because you've got Anthony Michael Hall stealing girls' underwear, like... <laughs> Is that the one where the uh, the nerdy kid sleeps with the girl that he's supposed to take home? Or is that Pretty in Pink? That's Pretty in Pink. Like, he takes the jock's girlfriend home, and they end up sleeping together. Because she's drunk or out of it or something. No, that's pre- that's 16 Candles. That's 16 Candles? I don't think they actually sleep together. She gives him her underwear to say that they did. Oh. And that that was the one I remember um, being like, because I watched those movies like all in one day, and I was like, this one is just problematic as all fuck. Like everything is wrong in this movie. But, it's, I mean, it's very because like, Sixteen Candles is very is generally considered like kind of like a girls' movie because it's told mostly from Molly Ringwald's perspective, but it's but it's not girls. Yeah, no, it's very much not like it is like about horny teenage boys. It's not girly in the way like when someone when someone says the word girly, they either mean two things like they mean it in like an insulting way like this is made for girls, so I'm just gonna call it girly and as an insult or girly in that it's actually like more feminine or something, and it's neither one of those two things. It just feels like it's just like horny dudes and there's a girl in it, but they're like just just dudes just but it's a totally to separate like storyline as well like that it's yeah it's a very weird movie when you think about it because it is branded as like molly ringwald's movie but that's well, a whole separate thing branding. from <laughs> we've discussed branding on, we, we discussed branding of movies on this podcast before and i think that that's that's kind of like that's kind of how you get people to the theater is you brand a movie in a way where it gets people to the theater who are going to bring other people and then the people who they bring will enjoy it, quote unquote, and then they'll tell other people. So it kind of like just to some that degree, way. but it's with sixteen candles. Like it's not even just like the branding of the movie; it's how it's held up over time. Like a lot of people remember it as the movie where Sam meets the really cool guy with the car outside at the end of the movie, and but they kind of forget about all the really really underwear. problematic stuff in it, like <laughs> underwear stuff. And, and speaking of problematic, I actually expected this movie to be more problematic. I was like, oh, this is 85. This is going to be some real racist shit. Like, like Bugs Bunny cartoon from the... <laughs> some of the data races. stuff was a little racist to me, like the way they had him talking in third person all the time. But... I don't know, like, if I would read that as them being racist or read that as them saying that, like, Data was kind of like a computer, which could be taken as racist, but also... See, I took it as like, he they were using it as his English suck, so he's talking in the third person. Oh, I thought it was more like he's kind of intelligent and he just disassociates himself with other things. And his accent was a little bit, eh, but at the same time, like, 
that's not unrealistic that a person would have an accent. So no, like, the accent not. was fine. It's just it was the third person with the accent. I think that just like made me like a little uncomfortable. He's also one of the few characters whose little schemes go right most of the time because the other characters just make a lot of mistakes. Oh yeah. Um, Mostly Chunk just like it's like a walking mistake that ends up okay. Like he fails upward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chunk is just falling up a slope instead of. Uh, oh, I was very upset by um, by Sloth too. Like that was upsetting. Oh, him being like, chained to like the basement, like how he looked him being changed into the basement why did her son look this way was she like were they like inbreeding were these kids like they, they explained it mom? at the end she dropped him they do well she dropped him is not an explanation like she dropped no him that's what? that's what they say is is like that's what it's implied <laughs> is that she dropped him like a few times from a helicopter like <laughs> what happened like it's implied that it's her fault like that's why he's angry at her he looks like a batman villain um <laughs> because she goes like oh it's not like i dropped you and he kind of gives her a look and she's like once twice (laughs) just forget about it i I did catch that oh and you were talking about the foreclosure earlier that's what i meant to say so there's a really weird cut in this movie where right after they go back in the house um i want to say after the businessmen leave it cuts to these businessmen and one of them just goes the foreclosure is is a done deal and it cuts right back to something else but it's like a four second little bloop it just does that like (laughs) why would they put that in there like what editor was like yeah that needs to be right there they don't they're they're like i think because like foreclosure thing well i think otherwise like i totally forgot that foreclosure was a part of a movie like so i think it's it's something that like because even like the kids clearly aren't thinking about it most of the time other than that they know that they're losing their homes like well i feel like whenever the men came to the door they should have been like oh these are the foreclosure foreclosure papers for your parents to sign and that's all they had to do but they're like to cut back to it later just felt so weird like it felt jarring because the kids go back in the house there's a beat with them and then it cuts and then it comes right back to the kids again i don't remember that weird edit (laughs) Well, it was so weird that I noticed it because it was just like, you're in a scene, like there's a scene going on and those men come into it and leave and then it goes back to the scene and they're all sad about the papers. Then it just cuts away for a split second, but it cuts away in a way that it's like, it felt like it was going to be a longer scene explaining something, but it's just like one line of dialogue that guy says and then it cuts right back. I think it it felt kind of... I mean, maybe we watch different versions, but I think that is actually a little longer. It might be different. Yeah, it might be a different version because it, it's definitely possible to have different cuts of these movies. Oh, yeah. There's um, there's some big stuff about different cuts of this movie. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. See, maybe I got something different. Um, these kids are all blase about dead bodies. No one cares about dead bodies. After, like, well, they the do kind of freak out when they them. find Chester Cobblepot or Cobblepot or whatever his name is. In the cave. Worst names. <laughs> like D&D character names. Um, like, they're, they're, like, there's just like And they leave poor of, Chunk like, in the freezer with a dead body for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird, too. Yeah, I felt bad for Chunk, because I'm like, they were just, like, very clearly forgetting about him and not even caring that he's not oh, with them. They start the, they introduce Chunk by, like, fat shaming him. <laughs> Yeah, house, gotta do the truffle shuffle to get in. <laughs> yeah, and then they go, they go to, like, wh- like they also go to 
Data's inability to say the word booby trap, which they were going to ride that joke as hard as they could. They that, that's also a continuing joke from Sean Astin's character that he has a trouble. He has trouble saying it earlier, and he can't say other things as well. Like he messes up a lot of phrases, and then his someone will correct him, and he goes, "That's what I said." <laughs> Booty trap. But yeah, he said it. He messed it up earlier. Like there's. Oh, he messed it up first. Well, I heard the joke three times. I thought I. I don't remember who I heard it from. But yeah, no, like, the first time because okay. like he also messes up something earlier, and Josh Brolin corrects him. And he's like, no, that's what and I Josh said. Josh Brolin's character is named Brand. It's, it's it, short, for short for Brandon. Yeah. No, it's short for Brandon. Yeah. Brand is like a League of Legends character's name. It's not a kid's name. Like, you know. Well, no, his mom calls him Brandon and he's like, no, mom, it's Brand. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to get a tattoo to my arm. Brand. Like, no, just go by your real name or go by Brand. Like, I mean, with, with the Brand character, like, I think it's nice to see, like, a good older sibling, younger sibling relationship. You don't always yeah, see a lot of in kids' the shit movies. Out of him and stuff. That's that's actually true. Like he actually is. I didn't even think about that. He's not mean to Sean Astin, really. Like yeah, he makes all. fun like, of his little just... brother and his friends, but he, like he's willing to hang out with them. Like he isn't like good away from me, nerd. Like he's like hanging out with them and taking he care of them. Clearly is he? Clearly is just not a very cool guy. Like he's cooler than them by default of being older than them. But like he's at the house like with these people too, right? And you know, like. I guess Andy and Steph are sort of his friends, but like they're, I, I think, Ste- I think uh, Andy is attractive enough that she can get like kind of break out of the group that they're in, but the rest of them are just. Right. Well, she's also stuff. clearly a cheerleader. She's like the head cheerleader at the beginning. So that's right. They show her in the field or whatever at the very beginning. That yeah. Way, so she's clearly popular, but I think, yeah, she knows Brandon well enough. Like they do live in a small town. And they yeah, make it clear like, she's not a nice, she's like, she's not like an evil, mean, popular girl. She's like the nice one. <laughs> yeah, there's always one of those, like, girls who's popular, but is also, like, really nice. But they also don't really do much to, for people who are being mean to other people. Right. Well, um, it's weird how she, she, like, she and Steph just show up. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, he's trying, he's trying to look down my shirt with the mirror. I'm like, what was he trying to look down well, my actually, shirt? Actually, he was looking up, up her skirt earlier, which was, like, really gross. Was he? Oh, yeah. With his car mirror, he had it tilted, like, at her legs. Maybe maybe she was saying that, and I misheard No, she says he's trying to look down my shirt, but, like, in the actual cut of the movie, he's looking up her skirt. Oh, I don't remember seeing that. I was going to say that um, the the down the shirt thing didn't make much sense, because, like, we're in a button-up shirt. Like, what is he looking down into? Like... Your collar right, that's what closed. she says, but, like, in the actual cut, when they showed it, he was going the, like, yeah, the even that, more problematic route. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, mean, I don't know. Is it more problematic to look down a shirt or up More problematic for the character, not necessarily for the movie, but, like... <laughs> that's what I mean, but, like, they're both bad. Uh, oh, yeah. They're both... But it... They're both bad. It's, like, much skeevier to be doing the up the skirt. It, it, feels, it feels skeevier. It also feels more intentional like i can see down your shirt if you just bend over in front of me or happen to but like to look up a skirt you've got to like make efforts and you know devise little plans or something and that's like people always talk about like oh we put mirrors on your shoes or other weird things like that like that's like who did that creeps (laughs) creeps exactly (laughs) there's no other word for it just creeps these creepy dudes oh yeah and how funny is it like that troy's like at a wishing well like wanting her to sleep with him <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah, like what were you? That's how desperate you are, dude. You're gonna go throw money in a. Well, I mean, he's he's well. acting like he's not desperate, but like clearly she left him. So, like he just he just was like, "Oh, we're gonna go to this wishing well." With me and my boys, like what? Like this is a private moment. You don't make wishes with your friends around begging girls for sex. That, yeah, that was super weird. Like, and obviously they had to have some kind of resolution to the Troy stuff and like I don't know, that was just an odd odd addition. What was this what was the pink strap that Steph was wearing? What was that? Is that a belt or pink some sort strap? of a decorative? She had a pink strap around her waist, like like a it was like a it was meant to be a belt almost, but it's not through the belt loops. It's just over her shirt there's a pink strap. Well so, yeah, that's probably a belt then. It was weird. Steph, Steph, fashion Steph belts aren't more worn through belt loops. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's also, the boys don't have such a thing as fashion belts, unless it's like a wrestling belt. Yeah, like Just, girls often have like belts like that you wear around your waist. Like they don't go through belt loops. <laughs> it just felt weird. Like Steph's whole aesthetic was. Like spazzy workout video girl, almost. Well, she just she was like a mean nerd. Like <laughs> she's so mean and terrible, and like she. Well, a fun fact that I read was that she and Corey Feldman really didn't get along on set. So I think that's kind of funny. Um, I could see that. Wasn't it? Who is, is it? Corey Feldman that she kind of like ends up with at the end? And I mean, not really way? ends up with because he's like so much younger. But yeah. That was a weird thing. Like, it, it, there's no yeah. Like she was like they earlier. had like their heads really close together, and I was like, this is making me really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if I were their parents, like I would be like wanting them to separate right now. Oh man! I, before you say it, I want to get this out right now. There's that line at the end where they kiss, oh, and I'll let her uh, mother worry goes, about her. Yeah, well, let her mother worry about that, and that was like <laughs> that was pretty good. But no, Steph, like, yeah, they get really close together, and they're, like, they're not, like, lips together close together, but they're, like, foreheads are, like, aimed at each other. Oh, yeah. And they're standing, like, it's maybe an intimate four pose. inches apart. Like, yeah, four inches apart, like, it, it's it's a way that, like, I wouldn't stand that close to another guy, like, in that, po- in that position. No, you wouldn't stand that would, close to someone unless you wanted to kiss that person, is essentially what it is, like. You, you wanted to kiss them or you had been already kissing them and right, it's like, just like that's, you're just being if you're, if close. You're, if you're intimate enough to be kissing, that's going to be like... That's the only way you can be that close. Like, if, if someone gets that close to your face and they're, you, they're not a person you kiss, then something's wrong. Like They have some sort of like bubble issue or something. <laughs> Which well, is entirely possible for both mouth and stuff. Like... <laughs> It's just, we were just misreading their social cues. But it gets really weird because they get really close together and they're talking kind of like in this breathy tone and like, like, oh, "Oh, you're not so terrible. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to start busting slops right here on this beach in front of all these adults and parents. And then, yeah, yeah, I wrote, I'm looking at my notes really quick while I was saying all that. I was like, yeah, I wrote early on, is Mikey trying to hit on Andy? Because there's a, like before, before that even the kiss happens, there's other stuff where he's like, and and yeah, it's funny that that kiss didn't make me uncomfortable. Well, the, it kind of did because Mikey and didn't Mikey really. Kiss? Mikey didn't really do anything to stop it, but I don't think he could have. Re- I don't think he knew what to do. I think he's a child. And oh he's yeah, not, he like, was responsible. That, there's a, that made me a little bit uncomfortable because I'm like, 
He's a child. <laughs> but she didn't know. Really, she, right? That's, that's, that's where that's where it's really weird because like she didn't know. But it is. But Steph is the person at fault. Steph didn't say anything. Oh yeah, she just laughed and walked away. And then Annie is stupid. She's like, "Did he have braces before? Are you dumb? Like <laughs> you talk to this person all the time." And you know, isn't he shorter than her too? Like I'm pretty sure. Well, so that she's like, the other guy. "I think there's a hole here. I think he was standing in it." Oh, that's right. You know what's funny? He she said that I expected him to fall into a hole that was there that, that they had missed somehow, but it was about his height. Wow. <laughs> I like totally missed it. I was like, oh, he's gonna fall in a hole right now. What? That was really weird. Because yeah. like there's danger and traps and shit everywhere. I don't know what's gonna no, go. No, that on. was just the explanation for him being shorter than she expected. Uh, she decided there must be a, a hole there. When they're trying to get the uh I wrote Mikey might have deep emotional issues, but there's a line where uh, the people are coming to get all the the treasure and stuff. And I want to say it's in the boat and they're like, they're trying to debate if they're going to run or take more stuff. And data goes, we will not be taken alive, Mikey. And I'm like, shit data. (laughs) Like that was, that was a dark thing to say. Uh, I was going to go back to something like, Going back to kind of some of the raunchy humor, the statue that their mom had in there on their oh, living room the table for whatever reason. That's mom's favorite part. <laughs> that that like, was great. That's a great joke because it works so many ways. Like, yeah, that was a, that was a that was a fucked up joke. And the better part about it was was the idea that somehow Chunk doesn't know what a penis looks like because he puts it <laughs> upside, upside down, down, so it's like it's like hooking to like up and. I know. I was like, Brand's reaction is like, "Do you pee?" In your face? Like, <laughs> you pee in your own eyes? I was like, yeah, what is going on with Sloth's situation, with Chunk's situation, if he thinks dicks go like this? <laughs> oh, and... Well, Chunk is just, I, uh, like, we've mentioned before that he just fails upwards, because he is very stupid. But, like, <laughs> so bad for him, but he's stupid. Like, he's not the one that you would trust to go for help. Like... Chunk, Chunk is like one of those uh, Fallout 4 people who put all their stats everywhere but intelligence, and they get that stupid bonus for just being dumb. They get a high luck bonus, and then they get double experience when stupid shit happens to them. Like, <laughs> that's that's what he is. We've never oh, played Fallout way, 4, so... <laughs> yeah, it's like, I only know about this strategy of play because uh, Greg engaged in it. Basically, he gave his intelligence like two, which is like as low as the game will let you do it. <laughs> And I was like, you know, at a, at a two intelligence as a D&D character, you'd be considered an animal and you couldn't speak. And so, like, it changes everything for you. Like, you can't say certain options about things because your character is literally too dumb to know the words to get out. And then you can't hack anything because your character is too dumb to use computers right. So, like, Greg would have to just, like, work around that. But one thing you do have going for you is you get, like, an idiot savant perk. And anytime anything happens, there's a like a chance you'll get double experience. And double experience is like it the chance it will happen goes up the stupider you are. So I think but in the in the game, he got his intelligence down to like one or zero through items. And it was terrible. Like every few seconds he would be getting double experience for like opening a door or going or, you know, <laughs> going in a tunnel. Because the character's so stupid that like <laughs> he can't do anything right. And there, there's even a point where there's a there's a password you can't guess because you're too dumb to figure it out, like to to work through it. And one of the conversation options opens up if you're too stupid. It just says the word cookies, like you're excited out of nowhere, and it's the password. It's just <laughs> stupid. 
I was going to say that I also yelled out, oh, fuck you, Donner, when Sloth ripped his shirt off and it was a Superman logo on it. Because it's, it's Richard Donner, the director of Superman. And I was like, oh, he did this intentionally. Yeah. <sighs> uh, I... I I felt weird about that too. Like I was surprised to see his name on this. I knew the Spielberg connection. Like that's obvious. But Donner, I forgot I like, that it was Spielberg. To be honest, like I I don't think I knew knew it. But when I saw his name, I was like, well, this is the sort of shit you do, Spielberg. So yeah, like E. T. You know, those are. Spielberg I mean, eighties were Spielberg's heyday. Like eighties Spielberg is is definitely different than today's Spielberg for sure. Like. What is he doing now? Red Ready Tales? Player One. Oh, fuck that movie. I forgot all about that shit. Oh, it's an man. homage to all like, his 80s stuff. Like <laughs> It just puts a bad taste in my mouth. Like I tried to read that book sample and I was like, this is garbage. And then to see the trailer, I was like, oh, it's just like they threw a bunch of, you know, it's like a little child took all their toys out of the box and started banging them together. And that's what it looks like in movie form. And people were so, like, gushing over it. I'm like, what are you gushing over? Like, it looks like that Ultimate Showdown video from the early 2000s, except for someone paid money to do it now. Um, so angry cool. about it. Well, it, it, it makes me angry when, like, just rampant nostalgia just, like, makes people, like, go see things that aren't necessarily like good or don't really have a play it's just nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia and that's why the book didn't work for me because i don't like the 80s particularly so when i tried to read the book and i was just like he's just name dropping like stuff from the 80s and i don't know if you ever read any excerpts from it, but the book gets atrociously like at, like i have not read the book about, but like i know a lot of people that really love it so it's and also, you have to, like, if you're Don't, talking about, like, 80s nostalgia, though, but, like, you've got Stranger Things. Like, that's, like, the biggest. But that's, but that's done correctly. Like, there's a difference between nostalgia just to, like, there's a difference between using nostalgia as, like, a crutch and writing it into something. Because Stranger Things works even if you don't know your 80s stuff. Like, it feels genuine. And you can watch it and not get those references and get a story out of it. This is literally just, like, some paragraphs where he just talks about the Atari systems and what, what made one different. And it's a lot of trivia from the eighties, like where only the character would know about it. And the world building talks about how they, they, they stopped making new art because they realized that they could just look at stuff from the eighties forever. And it's perfect. Like, it's just, it's stupid. Like that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> no one's ever stopped making art because another decades art was better. Like that's preposterous. And the art, the author has kind of been called a hack by a lot of publications because his next book was the same thing over again, but like set in like a, like an Ender's Game situation where they come get pilots who play video games well, and they just do a bunch of references in it. And I was like, well, yeah, that's what he was doing before. Like he's and that's not, what like, made him money. Really, like why wouldn't he repeat yeah, it? Like, like why wouldn't he just do the same thing again? Like you no, know, like and the guy. Also, the author's a total douchebag. Like I've seen him on interviews and stuff, and he's like he's the kind of nerd you expect him to be. Like, he owns a DeLorean, you know. I, I just remember that poem that you sent me that he wrote. Oh, that poem is, that poem, that poem turned my stomach. Like, I read that. That was, was very, like, very was odd. Like, <laughs> it was, it was odd and upsetting. Like, it was, it was like watching that scene with Steph and Mouth. But it was like <laughs> someone just held that pose for like two and a half minutes and you just had to watch it. And they were just speaking awkwardly back and forth. It's not a photograph. They're just standing like that. That's how that poem felt. <laughs> and 
And someone goes, well, he wrote it back in like 2000. Yeah, he wrote it back then, but he still has it on his main website. It's like two clicks from the front. So if he's yeah, embarrassed that's a, by he's it, not hiding like, that. Like, yeah, like there's two ways you can handle things that are embarrassing that you did a long time ago. You can take them down or you can put a note at the top about context. And I was a younger person when I wrote this. I was stupid. But honestly, you would just take it down. Like, I don't leave all my old writing up. I'm not going to post my fucking, you know, X-Files fanfic from when I was 13 for you to see it. Because that would be <laughs> no one wants to read that shit. Oh, <laughs> At the end of the movie, there's a uh, a Domino's box that's given to Chunk, and the way he's holding it, it's clearly like an empty Domino's box. Like, he's waving it around, like, up next to his head, like, <laughs> so the logo's showing. Well, when it's given and to was, him, it's full of pizza, like, because they show you the pizza. But it's clearly, like, they switched that box out. I, I was like, that is the emptiest Domino's box in the history I think it's implied that he Domino's ate boxes. the pizza already. That's also very worrying Trump's <laughs> gonna have juvenile diabetes the kid was eating um, ice cream throughout the entire movie when he was captive are you kidding yeah that was that was a weird situation he gets captured and doesn't he get like tortured a little bit but yeah they threatened to like put his arm in a blender that's right that's right they threatened to put his arm in a blender which wouldn't work anymore because you can't run an open blender but um <laughs> I think it depends on the blunder. <laughs> yeah, back well, I, I don't think it does anymore. I'm pretty sure there's like a law against it now. Uh, but I'm pretty sure then, most blunders still run. I know ours does. Really? That's I think your blender's broken. Back then though, that blender why, definitely ran. Why open. would it not run? Like it only needs the, the cup to be on it. There's like a, a lid like like a little lock at the top that's supposed to go to tell it that it's closed, I think, is what I mean that, and that even the fifteen dollar blender I had in college would not run open. Like it would. Ours is, I don't know when ours is from, but like all it needs on it is the the cup to for it to run because it just needs the things to fit the blades in it. That's worrying. <laughs> just like that is not a good thing. I mean, I guess you gotta be pretty dumb to get your hand in there too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like they they did threaten the they threatened to the, like. They threaten to do bodily harm to children, which is a thing you can do in the 80s in a kid's movie. Like, we're going to hurt this kid. Put him in a <laughs> Well, it's what you can do in, like, like a lot of kids' movies. Like, that's how you establish someone's a bad person. Like, yeah, they're okay doing violence they're gonna, to children. Usually they're going to hurt them through, like, I mean, you don't, they don't usually, like, give you, like, very specific threats. Yeah, it's usually, like, off-screen ambiguous threats, not, we're going to put your hand in this sharp-ass spinning blade child right that's that's and, different like i mean another movie written by the same writer chris columbus who also wrote and directed the first two harry potter movies um yeah, he I also wrote home alone <laughs> home alone more children and adult violence like right that's what i'm talking about also, but like that's a lot more that one that's actually more violent towards the criminals from the child but their violence towards him is very much is much more vague. Like they're just we like should, we're gonna we get you. Definitely make it a theme of like we watch movies where like there's violence against children. <laughs> like Newsies is another one. Fucking <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> like we've watched a number of movies. I think it's, it's where, I think it's just it's in a lot of movies. Like that's how you, it's a quick way to establish someone's evil. And a lot um, of protagonists are often kids. Like, uh, what was it? Jason Manzukis is. Uh, like thing about women getting hit in movies was one of their like a theme that ran through their show like <laughs> men just slapping women in the face and ours is like people are gonna hurt children they're gonna put their hands in blenders or <laughs> shoot them or whatever else happens to them um 
I also had a comment about the band Ataris because I did not realize that that song was about this movie. Uh, there's a song called So Long Astoria from uh, an oh, yeah. album that I'm almost certain has the same name. And I love that song. I listen to it all the I time. I have that album. Now. <laughs> I have that album too. Like everybody has that album. But um, that's like the one Atari's album that everybody had, I think, was the, that one. And it's funny. It's funny that everybody had it, but I don't think I've ever heard any of those songs on a radio. So I don't know how anybody knew about it. See, I didn't but, know very um, many people that had it because they weren't that like they had like a couple big songs, but they weren't that big. Because that was think, a I, that was a time when like people like everyone was finding their own niche with certain bands. Like so, like they'd all be similar, <laughs> but you'd have your own like preferred set. I, I looked at the cast list for the Goonies, and I was kind of like, okay, who's in this that I still know? And of course, there's fucking you know Samwise over there. Um, the kid plays Roland, obviously. <laughs> Well, yeah, the kid who plays Chunk, though, that was a baffling adult transformation. <laughs> he looks like the mailman. Like, he looks like a, if I saw him, like, like, oh, that's a mailman somewhere. Like, that guy delivers the mail. He looks nothing like the kid. Because Sean Aston looks like You cut out for a like second. Himself. What did you say? I said he looks nothing like the kid. Sean oh. Aston looks like himself, you know. Oh, yeah. he His face, like, doesn't really change that much. <laughs> yeah. he He looks like he did on Stranger Things and that was the reason why you told me he was in that because of this movie. Yeah. I mean, you gotta get all the 80s people into Stranger Things. <laughs> like, that's their yeah, goal. Yeah, I guess Ryder. Uh, is the cop guy anything? Uh, Hopper? Um, let me IMD real, real quick. <laughs> oh, this is good radio right here. <laughs> you can cut around it. That's true. The IMDb app is slow, so... <clears throat> I'm on my computer. Nope, it looks like his first role was on SVU in 2002. He's on a lot of Onward episodes. I've seen him on, like, multiple shows. Not on SVU. He's only been on one episode of that. He's on uh, an episode of <clears throat> CI. Oh, no, he was on an episode of the regular one in 1999. That was yeah, exactly. Role. I've seen him on all three. Like, I saw him on all three in the same week by accident. Like, by happenstance. And it was pretty cool. I felt like I got some kind of PS4 trophy for that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, that was his first role. It was like 1999 on Law and Order. <sighs> Our discussions. Um. So there were a lot of things going on in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like, a lot of static. Like I made, I tried to make like, a list of like all the plot points that were going on. Like, so you've got a counterfeit criminal gang with a disfigured, disabled son chained to the basement. You've got a pirate treasure and, like, a treasure map. Foreclosure on a group of homes. You've got a high school romance and bully. <laughs> and I think that's where I stopped. I was like, I think that covers most of it, but... <laughs> they could remake this movie as a like netflix 10 episode show and there'd be enough plots for it to fucking carry itself like there's there's more plots in this than fucking stranger things like easily there's oh yeah so there's just like there's so much and then like i made hours. a list of like all the things like in it that are like straight meant to appeal, appeal the kids like you've got adventure crime solving and saving the day cool um, machines everybody likes adventure laura everyone's an underdog <laughs> got pirates you've got everyone's puzzles underdog. <laughs> All the Goonies are underdogs. That's the whole point. They're Goonies. But I just like how you say everyone's an underdog. And All the main characters are, yes. 
pirates and puzzles like legend of zelda style puzzles not even like puzzles like real puzzles like, right like they're like <laughs> they're like video game puzzles from like mist or some shit like well it's called yeah like indiana jones style traps and like <laughs> impractical traps the way you're like why did the how did the pirate have time to construct these like i know i'm like how does he make these falling rock things <laughs> The falling rock trap. How do you rig up this weird piano bone yeah. thing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all looks floor? really, really cool, but. It looks cool as shit, but it's like, is this pirate also a wizard on the side? <laughs> Maybe. He's a pirate warlock. You don't know. <laughs> and another thing that like, always strikes me about this movie is like, it's a very, like, tonally opposite Stand By Me. Because <laughs> they have See, a lot of similarities. You've never seen it? No. But I have seen a Rick and Morty episode based on it, so... Like, it's it's about a group of, like, boys about the same age that are on their bikes, and they find a dead body. <laughs> they're on their bikes, and they find dead bodies, but are Like, they're they really in a small town, like, there's, like, there's, like, a jerky older brother, like, there's some bullies. <laughs> are they really blase about the dead body when they find it? Like, no, oh, the, the, the whole thing body. is actually about how, like, how affected they are by the dead body. Like, and how it affects them in different ways. Like, it's a Stephen King story. So, I don't, it's I don't like when people react too realistically to finding dead bodies or, like, <laughs> things like that. Like, I like a happy middle ground. Like, I don't want people screaming constantly or being, like, traumatized. Well, no, it's not about them, like, screaming, hours. but it's, like, it's about, like, how finding it, like, affects them. I need, I, I, I was going to say that, um, yeah, I haven't seen that movie either, but I've seen things that parodied it a lot. Like I said, Rick and Morty parodied it, and like other things parodied it, and so I feel like I know some of the finer plot points, but it might be like Rear Window for me, where I don't know how much I know of it, because like Rear Window was a thing when I watched it, I was like, oh, that's what this is. This is like that Simpsons thing all over again. Like, okay, and sometimes I I see a thing, you know, too late and realize that what I'm seeing is the progenitor to all these other things I knew mm-hmm. about. Like, sometime, like, 30 years from now, there'll be a kid who sees The Matrix and is like, oh, that's where that came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I mean, like, I I like this better than Stand By Me. Uh, Stand By Me, like, it's, like I said, it's very tonally different. Like, it's much more serious. And it's, it's good. I mean, it's based off of a Stephen King short story. So it's got good source material that it comes from. But I just, obviously, Stephen, it's way more enjoyable. <laughs> Stephen King things, though, a lot of his things based off his stuff or kind of the stuff that's based off of his short stories usually turn out okay like stand by me um shawshank redemption not lawnmower man lawnmower man's a mess oh i can't watch stand by me it's got fucking will wheaton in it i can't stand will wheaton it's it's baby will wheaton Corey selman that's the worst will wheaton that's fucking next next generation will wheaton where he comes in and fucks the plot up for everybody but gets away with it oh Corey selman's in that too Yes, because it's Corey Feldman in the 80s. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell, who I feel like is a guy I've seen in a lot of things, but can't yes. place him. He's on a, like a lot of legal shows and cop shows. He, he looks like someone, he looks like, in a thumbnail, he looks like Tom Cruise. Like, I'd be like, oh, it's a picture oh, of no, Tom Cruise. Oh, no, he does not. In the thumbnail, he does. Like, <laughs> no. if I was sta- like, okay, if you dropped like one of those tiny little driver's license pictures on the ground and you were standing up over it uh-uh. and you thought, oh, that's uh-uh. Tom Cruise, and you bent over and picked it up, no. you'd be like, oh, this is not Tom Cruise. No, Drew Connell is mostly famous for being married to Rebecca Romaine. Like, Rebecca Romaine, Rebecca Romaine. Mystique from the oh. older X Men movies from yeah, the librarians. Librarians, yeah, but they see some librarians. 
Yes. Kiefer Sutherland's in this. Former supermodel. Uh, who else is in this? Okay, yeah, this is a good cast, I guess, except for Will Wheaton. <laughs> God. <laughs> Will Wheaton is just, he's just an asshole, like, a lot of times I'll see him on, like, podcasts or, like, they'll do, like, D&D stuff and he'll show up. And he's, like, very scene-steely and, like, look at me all the time. I think that's and, just uh, his personality. Well, that 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 makes him that makes him bad. Like I don't like those kind of people, so I don't want to have to watch one do things. But yeah, well, like he's I've very prevalent seen, in nerd culture. So good luck with that. Oh, I I avoid him pretty well. I do a good job of it. I do I do my thing. Um, yeah, I've never seen this movie or that movie until I saw Goonies. Like I saw Goonies, obviously, but I never saw Stand by Me. But I thought it involved a rocket for some reason. Oh, a rocket. Movie. <laughs> yeah, like some kids with a rocket. That must be another movie with kids on bikes. October <laughs> Sky? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I don't know. One of my favorite things is mixing up two movies for like years and not realizing it. <laughs> and then someone like corrects you. You're like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I did that with Purple Rain and Color Purple once. But it was like <laughs> I had been drinking. So it was not like for years it was just like <laughs> those are those are very different i know they're very different movies and my mom used to my real mom used to love colored purple and she watched that shit like all the time and so i re- saw it regularly but i was like three so i don't really remember it and then i don't think i've ever seen purple rain. i recently read the book for the first time and that was depressing <laughs> the book for purple rain no for color purple <laughs> the book i wish there was a purple rain novelization it's just like songs and shit. So funny story about the mixing up two movies thing. I might have told you this before. I don't know if I told you. But PJ mixed up uh, that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he, uh, End of Days, and uh, Devil's Advocate. Like he mixed those movies up really hard because there's a part in End of Days where the devil, like, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger versus the devil. And there's a part in that movie where the devil's walking down the street and the kid has like a demon t-shirt on. And he, he tells the kid, cool shirt. And the kid's like, you know, fuck off, old man, and goes walking off. And the kid's skateboarding away. And he says, hey, kid, like whispers it. And the kid turns around and a bus hits him and kills him. Well, PJ thought that, that part was in um, Devil's Advocate. And he was like, yeah, I like that part of that movie. And he was describing it. I was like, that part happened in fucking In the Days. And we had this big argument about it until I went to YouTube and proved it. And I was like, you took a part out of a really shitty movie about the devil and stuck it in a better movie about the devil and just acted like, yeah, that's what happened. It was a better movie. So I, I, I like that mixing up movie thing. I, it's weird because I always look so stupid on this podcast because you're so much more together than I am. Like, you're always like... In the moment, you always seem all sharp and stuff. I think as we've discussed, I know way too much about pop culture. <laughs> but I don't know, like, whenever I'm on, uh, from the bone vault, I'm fine. I don't have these problems. It's just when I'm, compared to you, I, like, look stupid as hell. <laughs> I used like, to play, I like, weekly things. trivia, and this is, like, my, my area of expertise, like, yeah, movies really like and trivia, celebrities so. and stuff. I don't like trivia, but at the same time, like, I'll watch Jeopardy and get questions right on there. I got really frustrated at Jeopardy the other day. They had a Marvel category, and these people were, these people should not have even asked to open that category up. They thought Batman was a Marvel character. <laughs> they, they thought some other character was not even a comic book character. What kind of nerds character. are these on Jeopardy right now? 
<laughs> well, I was, I was like, so someone was like, they're like, who is spy? They're like, who is Superman? Oh, I could throw a brick at you people. <laughs> what is going on? Like, he's not a Marvel character. It's like really easy to tell that. Like, and if it wasn't easy, why'd you ask to open that category up? Like, that's like surface level shit right there. You know? Yeah. I, don't it's, know. I think that's them assuming that they know things that they don't know. Yeah, it was second round Jeopardy. They might have thought that they were gonna, you know, they they might have thought, oh, I've seen these. I saw I saw Avengers one, and they they fucking walked into a trap, is what happened. They're asking <laughs> fucking. There was a question about the Dark Phoenix saga in there. I was like, oh, this is gonna fuck this person over real bad. Like, <laughs> I don't know this answer, so good luck, pe- person who thought Superman was a Marvel character. <laughs> Did you enjoy Sean Astin's weird like little talk with the one-eyed Willie skeleton at the end? <laughs> That first off, one eye Willie is a name. Come on, it's a penis joke. Well, that's and the then, point. It's a penis joke. Yeah, but the other but thing it also was also based on a real pirate. So it was weird. It was it was just it was weird. It felt weird and awkward. It felt also awkward that they were all standing there and that they <laughs> suddenly lit those candles or whatever that light came from. Oh, I hit the mic with my hand like an amateur. Yeah, the weird, like, all of a sudden the lights are on thing was strange, especially because, like, even when, like, they put the candles down, like, the lighting in the room didn't change. Because <laughs> it was set lighting? <laughs> right. <laughs> Although, actually, they used a real pirate ship, so. A real Well, not a pirate real pirate ship, ship but they it's a real ship. They built it for the movie. Oh, okay. I thought you meant that they had found a historical <laughs> pirate ship and just fucking played on it for hours. No, they, on, they built the day. ship for the movie. That's pretty cool. So it's it's probably one. like fake set lighting, like it's not like set set lighting, but like it's probably like ambient lighting that they put in it. So my favorite terrible set lighting comes from soap operas where they just light everything evenly in white, like <laughs> but in like impractical ways. Like there'll be no light source above them, and then there's just like white light spilling out of every part of the room. I like that shit. So <laughs> yeah. soap operas look so weird. Like when you watch them, they just look weird. And it's hard to, like, pinpoint why. I've never watched soap operas except for, like, in passing or, like, I woke up and the remote was missing and it's on. But the one time I tried to watch one and I was in the hospital, like, in the waiting room and it was on. And I don't know what it was called, but this lady got dropped off on the island by this dude and, like, for cheating on him with someone else. And the island had a force field on it. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was, like, super invested. I was like, oh, you don't you don't know what happens in soap operas, do you? Like, no, apparently Thorbop was crazy. I, I watched Days of Our Lives for a little bit when I was in like early high school, and there was a plot line where Kirsten Storms was on it. Cause I remember I was like, oh, I was really excited. I was like, it's Xenon. She's in this. Um, and she finds these twins um, named mm-hmm. Cassandra and Rex who turn out to be aliens. <laughs> what oh that sounds baller as fuck like i would watch the shit out of that like <laughs> and then like what... later like a couple like a year later or so on that show there was like a serial killer plot line and it turned out to be someone's mom <laughs> and then she died yeah plus there's also passions which was on for a while which was about like supernatural shit in general like so there's it's about a witch and like her tiny little doll that was played by a little person and like what Oh yeah, dude! I have to watch some of these things. Passion, Passions is like, over, but <laughs> obviously <it ended. laughs> that's why you just named as offensive. It was on she for a long a time, and it was like ass. it was pretty popular. Like it was very well known for a while. <clears throat> okay, so first trivia thing is this movie was actually filmed on location in Astoria, Oregon. 
the house, the Mikey and Brand's house, is still there. They get a lot of tourist traffic, which they don't like. They like recently filed a couple years ago. I think they filed like a they they sent out a like a press release or something to like please don't visit our house anymore. Now I want to go just because of that. And I was like, why would you buy a, like a famous movie house? Yeah, <laughs> you knew what the fuck you were getting into. Right, it's like I, I respect that you're like a real family living there, but no, why would you no. buy this house if you if you didn't want people to like drive by? Like, we're gonna, for, we're gonna foreclose on your house and make it a was it a golf? Uh, okay, it was, it was country a club. Country club. Yeah, um, I've been to Astoria. It's a cute little town. I've not actually been to the Goonies right. house though, because I didn't. No, I haven't seen the movie. You're I, not cool when, enough. <laughs> Well, I guess not. <laughs> um, actually, I, I, Astoria established uh, June 7th as the official Goonies Day in 2010 for the 20th anniversary, uh, 25th anniversary. Uh, that makes me upset. Why? It's like, find something else, Astoria. They've got other stuff, but like, why, why are you denying them tourism? It's like that. Robocop statue in Detroit. It's like your city is basically burning to the ground. Don't put this statue up. But no, why are you denying them tourism that boosts their economy? The economy in Astoria. It's a small town. Like, what do you want them to do? No, it's definitely a small town. Like, it's like Forks up in Washington, like for the Twilight movies. Like, they've embraced the Twilight shit because otherwise they have no economy in the town like they can't log around there anymore because of some spotted owls in the why forest they, why can't they log oh because the owls are out there they're, yeah they're endangered in danger from who not having a home because their trees are being cut down i'm just i just i was just saying a stupid thing i didn't expect you to answer you should know this by now <laughs> that didn't sound that didn't sound like you were joking though it just sounded like you were wanting to know oh so you can't even tell anymore that's good to know <laughs> oh, so in the novelization of the Goonies um, what Chunk says at the end of the movie about his parents adopting sloth actually happens apparently and in the that novelization the stupidest plot point you can live with us now wait what <laughs> and I was like you didn't man? ask your parents like what you're adopting yeah. a grown man <laughs> <laughs> a mentally challenged grown man <laughs> apparently in the book version he gets adopted by them and he gets a bar mitzvah <laughs> That's, that's upsetting culturally. It's just that's a very bizarre like thing to include. <laughs> what we should do is for one of these movies that I haven't seen, we should just read the novelization because they're terrible. I don't want to do that. Why? I'll, I'll have the time for that. I have other books to read. <laughs> oh man, I I wish we had one of those book podcasts. Those are always great. We don't read the just... same books though. Well, uh, we'd obviously have to read the same book for that to work. I know that's like, why it's, I don't think it would work because we don't read the same books. We couldn't just read two separate books and do a weird book <laughs> report on both of them for people. Like I don't know that we would be able to find books like that we'd agree on and that we'd also like read in time. Like sometimes, like like I sometimes I read a lot and sometimes I read not very much. Right now you're reading Persona Four screens. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't have time for books. The other day I was like, I wish this game talked more. <laughs> like, it's really upsetting. So most I'm of the theme music in the Goonies is actually from a 1948 Don Juan movie. 
to sell the <laughs> it, it whole pirate like angle. Um, and uh, Sean Astin actually kept the treasure map, I guess, that they used in the movie until his mom threw it away because she thought it was trash. <laughs> that's a real story. I believe that shit. That's how moms are. <laughs> well, it's also funny because his mom is famous. So, like, <laughs> is she? Patty Duke. Oh wow! And the Patty Duke show, that really improbable show that I used to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's his mom. That's so it's just funny to me, like picturing like famous mom cleaning up his room, throwing away his trash from the like the first movie he's been in. <laughs> I think. I think it was the Patty Duke show. I think I had a crush on Patty Duke. I don't remember if that was that show or another <laughs> show I'm thinking about. It was, it was the twins. I know that. They weren't twins. They were cousins. Yeah, it was the Patty Duke show. Uh, so the map also had real blood on it from the production designer. Uh, <laughs> when he when they, they were making the map, he was like, it looks good, but not old enough. So he put coffee on it and then like some of his own blood. <laughs> to make I it look say, older. So he cut himself and bled on it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> He's hardcore. <laughs> he just wanted it to look old. Oh, um, man. <laughs> so, that another was... fun fact was maritime law um, would actually give Mikey the rights to the pole pirate ship. Because it's the, the first person to like who finds like to set foot on it. Yeah, I know what you're. No, no, it's about. not the first person who sets foot on it. It's the first person who can bring something from it to oh. people. And since he had that bag full of the jewels, that would have given him rights to everything on the boat. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> it's also really sad because he let it sail away. <laughs> Wait, I thought that they sailed out and they got they got it. No, they just let it sail out. And it went what? off. No one was chasing after it. So I was implied they were going to go get the money off the boat. No, because they don't think so. They don't say that's, that. That's super improbable and weird. You can't just let a, a, a fucking loose hundred <laughs> year old pirate ship just float around the coast and just run into shit randomly. Like they have to be going to get it at some point, maybe. But they weren't at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for well, I mean, they couldn't also go out there right then. But I mean, like in my head, I thought, oh, they're gonna go get that from the boat when they get a chance. Like you can't swim to it; it's a boat. Like, that's right, but I mean, like no one was like, <laughs> no one was going like, let's call the coast guard, let's go get that. Like they were all the just like staring guard. at it. Yeah. Let's call the coast guard. So they think it's a prank. Oh, there's a pirate ship out here, <laughs> like a wooden one. They're gonna no, we're not gonna show up for that. No, it's not as improbable as you think. Uh, we have I mean, I what's called like pirate days here, where oh, people well, have like fake pirate ships and stuff. So oh, we have real pirates down here, so it's not that improbable. At all. <laughs> like we have pirates in the Gulf. Like occasionally, pirates will take us. We we have fake pirates, steal. which are people dressed up like pirates with fake pirate ships. <laughs> we have <laughs> actual pirates, which are like stuff. which are like Som- Somalian people that sail out of like <laughs> out of like yeah, a that's, a little, that's a little different. <laughs> We've got the fake fun ones. Not the dangerous ones. <laughs> Not the dangerous pirates who take over oil tankers and shit. <laughs> so I mentioned it before, but the ship is actually real. Um, and I guess the production company offered it for free to anyone who wanted it, but no one wanted it. So I would have taken the ship in a heartbeat. I don't know what I would have done with it. So, it. so it ended up being scrapped, and some of it went actually to be on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. That's kind of funny. <laughs> um... 
Cindy Lauper, like you saw the music video clip that they had in the beginning of the movie. That was her, wasn't it? Yes, she wrote. The, so that's the theme song to the movie. Oh yeah, um, I heard the name Goonies, and I was like, oh, that's sad. Yeah, so she wrote the theme song, and I guess the music video. I need to look it up. I meant to do this before we watched or before we recorded, but I guess her music well, video is like a <laughs> is like a musical version of the story. It's like nine minutes long, <laughs> so she plays like a like a new Goonies recruit, and the Bangles are in it playing pirates, and Andre the Giant plays sloth. That's really sounds like a better movie to me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so my final piece of trivia is that there are different versions of this movie. The TV versions actually have scenes that are not in the final, like, theatrical cut. Why? There's an octopus scene in the cave somewhere, and there's, like, another song. They mention an octopus. They mention it. Right. And they mention it, but, like... You had like because it's not in the movie. You're like that's just him kidding. Well, but, I, looked, I I I thought I must have looked away for it and missed this whole octopus. No, they had a like about. they had another song recorded for the movie called like something with eight is not enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually like a dance single that they released in Europe. <laughs> but eighties uh, Europe. <laughs> but it, I guess it didn't do well because no one knew what it was from because it was cut from the movie. But uh. Yeah, they cut an octopus scene, and then there's a another scene with Chunk and Sloth, I think, that gets cut. But, like, they're in, like, TV versions that get aired sometimes. So, if you ever watch it on TV, you might see more of the movie than you would actually watching, like, a DVD of it. That's weird. I've never heard of them actually having more on the TV version. Isn't that weird? I don't know. I thought that was super Actually, I strange. take that back. The first time they ever showed... The stuff getting spilled in the water on Jurassic Park 1, I think it's only in the TV version the first time. Like, that's a scene they showed later, like, as an explanation for how um, they survived on the island after mm-hmm. the people left. Like, well, when then, they. When, uh-huh. Go on if you're not done with your. It's gonna add. I would say, when they, when they showed Lost World in theaters, there was like a week before that they showed the show, the, the first movie on TV. And I remember specifically that got put in there, and it was like people, it was a big deal back then. But other TV versions, like sometimes, like they cut out some of the chunk and sloth scene, like when sloth like screams at chunk the first time he sees him. Apparently, like British TV thought that was too horrifying, <laughs> so they cut it to like just him, like chunk introducing himself. <laughs> well, I mean, British TV has been notoriously both more bold than American TV and also at the same time not as bold like they wouldn't put the word ninja in Ninja Turtles back in the day but then they'll also just say fuck and show breasts on TV and stuff like that (laughs) yeah it's just that's a weird like thing to like cut out I mean it was it was like the 80s when they did that so I don't know what they would do to it now probably not change anything put some some titties on sloth or something I don't know (laughs) I don't think they're going to add anything. That costs money. <laughs> that would be weird. So, overall, I guess, what did you think of the movie? It was alright. I mean, it was a kid's movie. It was, yeah. Like, I'm not blown away by it. I get it. Um, uh, if I was a little kid, though, I probably would have been like, oh, all over this movie. Because I just, this is the kind of movie that when you were a kid, you wanted to watch. Like you said, like, it's basically all the things kids love. Like, and mm-hmm. 
it it shows that it's for kids because they're put together in such an impractical way it's like an earnest movie in that way like where shit that shouldn't be together just is but since you're a kid you're cool with it right but yeah it was fun and there's some there's some fun baffling parts i was i became obsessed with steph at a point and like what <laughs> her problem was I, I kept expecting it to be some kind of resolution for Steph. Like, maybe she has a problem or she's abused at home. I was like, why is she so mean? But then it was just a No, she's just a with, jerk. Yeah, it's just her and Mouth are going to stand awkwardly close to each other like they're about to kiss and make you uncomfortable. But, yeah, it was a fun movie. You know, what I, like, could have taken away from, like, from her, like, being so awful is, like, maybe she had a crush on Andy. Oh, it's like your like secret lesbians reading of this. I think you've been playing with Persona though, because that's what happened in that <laughs> game. That, there's totally like a lesbian thing going on there. Well, I mean, it's the only thing that I have that can make sense to her being such a dick to everybody. Yeah, I mean, like in the '80s, you couldn't easily just like throw secret lesbians into a plot line and get away with it. Well, I think we've done all we can with the with the uh, Goonies this week. Uh, we. We had a pretty long talk there about a lot of different subjects, which may or Most may not probably going to get be, cut. Yeah, well, may or may not even be uh, in the last, uh, in the recorded episode. But, um, Laura, what's the movie for next time? Next time, our movie's going to be Crazy Stupid Love. Okay, I haven't seen that either. I kind of think I know what that is, but I don't remember. Um Dropping in here to say we're moving the podcast to Monday. It just matches up to our schedules better. So for the next few episodes, I'll still try to record a bumper like this to put in to just notify everybody. It's not Wednesday anymore. It's Monday. And after we start recording new stuff, you'll hear the new Monday timeline, uh, starting with the Goonies. Thanks. So we'll be watching that movie not next week, but the week after next. And uh, where can they find us online? We are online at Last Chance Theater. Dot com, all the social media at Last Chance Theater, except on Twitter, where we are at Last Chance THTR. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Justin and Twitter at CTK86. And uh, well, where can they find you at? You can find me everywhere at Laura XJ. Okay, and so um, we're going to go ahead and close this thing out, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us again, though. Bye.